This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hey listeners, we have a lot of great new podcasts coming to the Boardwalk Audio Network. And just like the old, the new need help to continue to keep growing. And you can help us by clicking on the button on the Boardwalk Audio website that says support our artists. That's going to send you to Amazon.com. Then you just have to do your normal shopping and we get a small kickback that helps all of the shows right here on the Boardwalk Audio Network. It doesn't cost you a thing, but it keeps a lot of great shows going into your ears. Welcome to I Will Watch Anything Once. I'm your host, Mark David Christensen. Hello, listeners. Um, I want to just plug for a different a movie that doesn't need any plugging. It's um, a hit right now. It has one of the highest scores on Rotten Tomatoes, everybody. I mean, who really cares about Rotten Tomatoes? I don't ever read reviews. I just go see the movies and then I enjoy them or I don't. But um, you probably already have... A, a million people telling you to see this movie. You've probably seen a million now think pieces going on um, about the movie. But um, I highly suggest everybody going to see Get Out, um, the new movie written and directed by Jordan Pill from Key and Pill. Um, this movie was wonderful. Um, it's just a del- it's a it's a great movie, um, wonderfully cast, wonderfully directed. It plays with genre and then includes a lot of commentary on our current world, uh, mainly to do with um, race relations, which are important. Um, <laughs> I say that like you wouldn't know that those things are important. I hope everybody listening is important. If you don't think it is, I hope that you start to think it's important. But I, I just want—I just want to encourage everybody to go see that movie because um, it's a—it's great storytelling, and it's—it's it's showing that storytelling can continue to like change us. Even tr- um, old tropes can be renewed. You can. The simplicity of diverse casting can change the way we look at a genre um, entirely and the way we use it um, to tell our stories, which is great because I think we constantly, in, in any art form, not just film, we can get stuck sort of just kind of telling the same things over and over again, whether that be because we think we can make money that way or we're just dried up and we our, our creativity is sort of plugged into what's come before and not really challenging what's being made, but I think Jordan Peele really does a great job of expanding on a genre and exploring um, more into it by, um, you know, infusing um, a new point of view, a point of view that um, we need more of. And that doesn't just mean... um, uh, the 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 black experience but that means we need more diverse experience entirely in all these different genre pieces i mean i hope he's not just the first 
Um, and then that stops. I think that we, I hope we get more, um, diverse filmmakers and artists doing all sorts of things like this out there. Um, you know, my big high horse, the, the white guy in the room talking about that, you know, get out. You know, there's been a lot of criticism lately about how the people that that movie is, sat- um, the satiring is their point of view, the racist racism. They're kind of missing the point. Um, and we make fun of, you know, the the white people that like that movie. Well, you know what? Like, that's fine. I like those jokes, but we should be encouraging everybody to see this movie, not just who the, the satire is about. Um, and you know what? If they miss it a little, make them watch it again. That's what I say. And then put other movies in front of them if they're missing the point. Cause for me, one of the greatest things was really that Jordan Peele wasn't, I don't know. I could be wrong here, but I think Jordan Peele is really hitting on even deeper things than just flat out, hey, we need to call out your racism. I think this movie actually is exploring the idea of like what is the root of that racism. And this movie is really presenting the idea of that it's really based in fear uh, that that that's that 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 core fear at the bottom of that that's behind that racism. And you know, I you know, there's going to be a million think pieces that's, that speak to this stuff better, but see it. I think Jordan Peele does a great job. It's just, uh, I think it's the, it's a must-see movie right now. Um, unlike Logan, which I think is just overrated. Sorry, nerds. I'm a big nerd too, but that movie, I'm not going to get into it because we got to get to this great episode um, with a great guest. Um, he's a good friend of mine. He was a past improv coach. He's you know, really helped me become the improviser I am um, in regards to his um, help with my team Squeeze when he coached them for over a couple of years, as well as he is a teacher at UCB. He helps a lot of others become great improvisers, a very funny man, a lot to say. Um, about him, but we got to get to this episode. Check out his podcast right here on Boardwalk Audio, The Meat Improv. But let's get to our discussion with him, Josh Simpson. All right, I'm here with Josh Simpson. Hello. And we just watched tonight Schizopolis. We did. <laughs> um, great. Um, real quick, before we start diving into discussing the movie, um, Josh, since you'd prior, you've seen this movie prior tonight before me, because mm-hmm. this is the first time I've ever seen this movie, give us a quick synopsis for any of the listeners that have possibly never seen this movie. Hmm. It's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough. It is a uh, tough one because it's pretty, pretty out there. I mean, like just non-traditional uh, narrative. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It seems more like a. I liked it. The reason I wanted to watch it is because I hadn't seen it in a while. Uh, I watched right. it in college, <laughs> but I remember it being funny. It's almost like a sketch movie, right? Uh, in a lot of ways, and yeah, it's sort of about a guy. Um, there's multiple characters that you sort of follow all around, but generally it's like a, people <laughs> having feelings for <laughs> different people and mm-hmm. having a hard time communicating them, I would say. Yeah, it's kind of like an allegory or um, like exploration of suburban life, right? In suburban I think so. America and like in, in the 90s. 1995. <laughs> yeah, 1995. 
Um, uh, but yeah, it's like also a sketch movie, which is why I liked it. And it's yeah. like pretty low budget. Very low budget. Um, um, great. I mean, you pretty much explained it. That's why that, is that sort of like why you wanted me to see this movie. Sort of. So selfishly, so you could see your. <laughs> well, I feel again. like we should. Maybe. Well, we have to disclose. <laughs> yeah, we have to, listeners. Uh, we don't want to. We don't want to come off like we've deceived you. So this isn't the first movie we watched together. But <laughs> no. we attempted. Was it like how long? How it was, long ago it, was it? Was mid, like mid October. Yeah, mid October. Because I had just gotten back from Desert Trip, that's the wonderful true. music festival with Paul McCartney, The Who, Roger Waters, Bob Dylan, yeah. Rolling Stones. You we had it scheduled, but you had just arrived back from that, so you were already exhausted. We were playing. We started up. What I said, Neil Young. I was trying to think of who I forgot. There you go, Neil Young. Oh, it's great. They're all wonderful. (laughs) Wasn't the name of that old cella? Is that what they called it? That's what all the young kids called it. That's what people who scoffed at it called it. Uh, But let me tell you something. Old cella was great. (laughs) Sounds like I think it was better than Coachella. I I probably would have enjoyed old cella better than Coachella. Uh, It was fun, but Uh, I was exhausted. Yeah, you were exhausted for three straight days. We watched. True and stories. We watched true stories, and I think I was exhausted that night. We started late. Yeah, I mean, just timing wise, it ended up. I think we started the movie like 10 p.m. Right, Something or maybe like that. even later. We were like, well, let's just try it. And by and, the way, true stories is a great movie. I want to give yeah, true like, stories it, its due. Uh, the only we did ended up not recording one. I forgot my equipment. We were going to record on <laughs> your equipment. So much yeah. things that night were playing against <laughs> us. Um, so we, we attempted to watch the movie, and it wasn't because the movie was bad. It was just we were exhausted. We were both just – the circumstances were against us. Yeah, True Stories is a real neat movie. Yeah, very neat movie. Very – That's and, a David Byrne movie, y'all. David Byrne. Of Talking from, Heads. Um, Talking Heads, yeah. And now um, I will continue to watch – read their albums. I uh, Not read their albums. <laughs> listen to their albums because I went through – I've been doing this, their discography and I, I stopped at the album before that one. Yep, yep. And I was like, I'm going to wait to like watch the movie with Josh before to continue on with their discography. <laughs> but – A couple good ones in there. We, we, we just were so exhausted. I don't even – we kept do- – like I know I was fighting through s- disease. I kept snoozing off. Yeah, not was- because of the movie itself, just because of the the hour we decided to start watching it. So by the time we reached the end of the movie or we decided we were sort of like, we're just too out of it. We're not going to have a good conversation. And we said, we'll come back to it. Yep. We'll try it again. And of course, two and a half months passed <laughs> by and the holidays came. Schedules just didn't meet up. I was busy. So tonight we were like, let's get to finally get back together. Yeah. Um, and we finally landed on tonight to get to back together. And we we were our our... Intention was to watch that movie again. Yeah, I sort of just followed my heart on this one. Yeah, you did. Uh, which like... is fine. You're the guest. I want the guest <laughs> to to take to have me watch what they want to watch. And as we sat down, we, you decided that we should watch uh, Schizopolis. Yeah, and I think you were right because you said they were very like in the same family together. Yeah, I, I associate the two together. And I think you're I right. Saw them both at this around the same time in my life too. What year did True um, Stories come out? That was in the eighties. But I do think, like, only reason I asked that asked that is because I think they're sort of commenting on the same things in a sense. Yeah. It's all sort of like suburban, um, run of the mill, like looking. It's like turning the camera on, run of the mill, like uh, American life, right? Yeah. True Stories is in Texas, a made up town in Texas. 
Yeah, this one's in, in Baton Rouge, but they never quite say. Baton Rouge it. is where Louisiana. Yeah, so it's like it's, it's like the South, the South, like a polite, you know, polite suburban life. Yeah, polite <laughs> suburban. You're light. People that um, are polite. There's a lot of like things that aren't stated. Yeah, and a lot um, of things that are. <laughs> yeah, different like, things yeah. that are. Uh, true stories. David Byrne just talks right to the camera and like explains what a mall is, <laughs> which is very funny. That movie was in very. In this one, they like break the fourth wall quite oh, a few yeah, times. Quite a lot. Um, there's like a lot of meta jokes, but anyways, yeah, both these are like. I'm glad we sort of. I mean, we'll focus on Skitsopolis since we just saw it. But yeah, I didn't want to watch. I didn't feel like watching true stories again just because we'd already sort of done it. Yeah, and like I did. I did make it through, although I was tired. Uh. But, yeah, recently I was just looking through my DVDs and I f- forgot I had this. So I wanted to watch this. They're both, like, from the same part of my life where I think I was sort of into, like, absurd, surreal, like, almost abstract, like, sketch-y ideas. That's uh-huh. sort of where I've always, like, leaned towards for, like, writing and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but it sort of just appeal. It appeals to me for some reason. So, And I think these two movies were two of the first ones I saw that I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy directed Ocean's Eleven, and he also did this weird movie. Yeah, and like I was very surprised as we before we pushed record, you looked up the um, the timeline of because this was directed by Steven Soderbergh. Yes, guy that directed Tra- he won an Oscar for Traffic as mm-hmm. a director. Magic Ocean, Mike, Ocean Magic Mike, big fan of that. Uh, all those hunks in a good storyline. <laughs> the one with the MMA fighter that I forgot the name of already. Uh, oh, yeah. I never saw it, so that's why that I can't was, remember. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, people said it was good. I never got to see it. And then he did Ocean's 11, and then he did that terrible Ocean's 12. Ocean's 13, 13. I never saw. <laughs> uh, but he has a very different career. And then he got back into like his career. He went back to indie films. He did a movie called Bubble, which I thought was pretty interesting. I haven't seen that. Yeah, and I never saw like Girlfriend Experience or any of the some of that era of his. But I l- would have immediately thought that Schizopolis would have been like his first movie. Watching it, I immediately just sat there thinking, oh, this must be the movie that like – Got him noticed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are people like, oh, this guy has a unique mind. Let's bring him in for <laughs> meetings. And then he blew up, you know? But you said he did this after Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Yeah. That was very, that was very surprising to me because I would assume you haven't seen Sex, Lies, and Videotape, correct? I've you seen said p- pieces, of, pieces it. of it. I think it's a great movie. And he's working with a huge, he's working with James Spader. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. he, but he's still a name at that point mm-hmm. in the 90s. He's a name. This movie and it had, <laughs> and it had Yeah, it had Andy McDowell and stuff. So I'm just like, I was like, oh, this is the movie. I was really surprised this would have been the movie he made after. But now it's even making sense because he's sort of like, all the movie making meta stuff makes sense. It's probably him going through and. Watching it, oh, he's yeah. like probably got big. He probably did. I mean, this is me making assumptions. Yeah, he probably did get noticed for Sex Lies and Videotape because I think that was a Sundance film, I believe. I could have so. gone to Cannes, like you. I mean, you said this Th- that one debuted at Cannes. This one did. Yes, wow. I'm um, going off what I googled. Right, that's <laughs> fine. I don't expect you to know everything at all. Um, it's more about us watching it. But I mean, I would have assumed. Now I'm, it makes sense. He, I mean, off of my assumptions, which were wrong, it's like, okay, the whole like storyline in this with the the character on the side, Elmo, who's this <laughs> um, 
pest exterminator, yeah. exterminator who's who's fucking all the women in this, in this movie <laughs> then gets like a better offer from two other people to be in another movie in the middle of this movie in the yeah. middle of this movie leaves which they're playing it up like it's a just a he's doing it as a friend <laughs> and then every time we see him in another movie it's him like in random like action sequences in a just sense beating people up beating people up or getting beat up and you're like so you could kind of see the absurd kind of point of view that Steven Soderbergh's making about cinema there a little bit. I think so. That maybe it's like, oh, I'm doing this thing for my friends. It's a passion project. Then when you get move on, you start doing shit that's yeah. just meaningless. Yeah, or it's mean. A, yeah, <laughs> or mean. Harmful. Yeah, harmful. Uh, right. I like that character, though. And then he also becomes almost, a diva. There's like that scene with him in the trailer where he's yeah. asking if he can fuck a PA and uh, <laughs> yep. then go to sleep. And they're like, anything, Elmo, anything. Yeah. Uh, and then he becomes a guy that eventually assassinates or attempts to assassinate the guru character throughout this movie. Yeah. It's so absurd. I don't even know. Like, we, I, this is a movie where you have to, like, just take piece by piece and go, what, is, what do we think of that? That's kind of why I like it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that is what's interesting about it. A very non-traditionally narrative. It does a little bit of the Rashomon thing. You know Rashomon, right? Not off the top of my head. Rashomon's no. an old Kurosawa movie, um, and it takes one story, and then they show three different perspectives of it. That's oh, the that's whole cool. movie. It's a, Is that uh, like Elephant? <laughs> the uh, Gus Van Sant movie? Yeah, you know I don't, yeah, I don't like that movie. <laughs> Gus Van Sant can do good stuff and then stuff, stuff, and it's just like, shut up. <laughs> and that's one Some of them. Some stuff is boring. That one is very boring. The Nirvana one he somehow made really boring, too. that one's very boring. Yeah. It was. <laughs> Do you just, like, watch... It's just, like, you watch bore, a guy go crazy. Oh, wow. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think also that could have been through my filter when I watched it, but... Yeah, I've never seen it, so I feel I can't like he's comment. fine with just, like, mm, this whole movie could be silent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you still got to tell me a good story. <laughs> Maybe if it's a good story to silent, then I'm on board. But, but regardless, back to the movie we watched. What we were? How did we get to Gus Van Sant? Now I just lost my train of thought. Through the diff, the Rashomon. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went from Rashomon to uh, Gus Van Sant. But this does that in a sense. It watch you start with the guy Soderbergh, who's actually acting in it. Mm-hmm. I think it does a good job too. Yeah, he's kind of a goofy. Character. He plays multiple parts. Yeah, he plays multiple parts. So, he said that the reason he did that was because he he didn't want he couldn't justify paying somebody nothing to work with him for nine months on this, so he just was in it himself. Good for him, especially like he probably could have gotten a budget if he really wanted. Yeah, it. I'd have done it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was eleven. Yeah. <laughs> you could have done it at eleven. <laughs> um, and he starts out first. So our first perspective is a guy that works at an office. Yeah, so sort of like office a vague spaces. office. Yeah. yeah. And he's sort of bored with his job. He kind of like daydreams mm-hmm. a bit and masturbates in the bathroom at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like a guy, somebody that works in an office dies and he has to read our speech. It's very interesting. And I think like there's some really fun, bold choices. I would, I, I would categorize this movie as very experimental film. Yeah, I think so. Well, again... Just what I Googled. <laughs> right. But apparently he didn't really have much of a script. Like he knew what he was, not like he didn't know what was going to happen, but he didn't have much of a. So he curbed it. The, yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, with, I'm sure, some very mm, 
choreographed things. Yeah, because... You know, like like the talking between the husband and the wife. Yeah, because I was like, he might have not had a script, but they had to have an exact... Because he... Yeah, it's very, like... There's parts where it's like it matches it exactly when they yeah. change the camera, where the camera is. Because they repeat. There's a lot of repetition in this in this film. Yeah. I like how weird and blunt it is. Like, that's the thing that grabbed me. I, like, when I realized I liked this movie the first time I watched it was during the whole thing. We're like... Casual greeting, or like informal greeting, informal greeting. Yeah, I think that's so funny. But then there's a commentary on that. It's like, it's, it's like, it is, it's very blunt. But I was like, at first I'm like, oh, is this just a commentary that all like suburban life is just a bore and meaningless? But then you realize, no, there's deep, there's all, there's something deep. When you start to flip around to the other side and realize she's having an affair, mm-hmm. there is deeper meaning behind that, even their like blunt, their dry bluntness. It's that, oh, there's something we're not communicating. It's more of a commentary on like, we're not communicating about how, what's making us unhappy. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's, I don't know, it goes beyond just, just saying, oh, suburban, it gets beyond pretension. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like a, uh, um, if I watched that without like the other side and like a deeper meaning, I would immediately go like, "You're just this. Just feels like a college student made a fucking experimental movie, and you're being pretentious." Yep. But I feel like Soderbergh goes deeper with it. He or he manages to. I think so. I think well, it's like because some of it isn't. I don't know. Because I think it's the communication's understood. It's not like they're really lying, but there's some things they're lying about. There's some things they're not both doing a play almost. I like the part where he talks to his neighbor. He's like, your wife's fat ass makes me happy. Well, she probably has a better time sleeping with you than she does with me. (laughs) It's like no one would ever ever say that. that, But it's just like the undertone of that conversation. Yeah. Uh, And also they're not mad. (laughs) They're just so cheerfully (laughs) talking to each other through that. Yeah. That happens multiple times in that first act, yeah. Of like that, that really funny blunt talk. Um, it's really interesting. I like that. I don't even know how to break it down. It's just like you just have to watch it and be like, okay, and see it through. Yeah, because I think it ends up being very rewarding by seeing it through. Yeah, I think so. Through the other two acts, mm-hmm. um, which I like that they just. I like the numbers, the weird like now we're act one. Yeah. Now two. Now three. They catch the act two by a, f- by a fish hook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's such a – you bring up that um, fish hook moment where the act two, like, number gets dropped. That seemed like – it was such a picturesque before the number dropped. I was like, whoa, what? what? Like, what's this now? Yeah, yeah. It, it really grabs your attention, <laughs> the doc shot, because it looked like – it went. it almost went big Hollywood. And that, that at that point, you're pretty much going like, okay, it's pretty low budget, like almost looks like they're shooting possibly on video, mm-hmm. but nicer. I mean, I'm guessing he shot it on film, but then between those, you're shooting a lot of stuff that is video, mm-hmm. like all the, the fun um, f- um like like news clips and stuff. That yeah. Has a lot of the, has a lot of the, great, the greatest humor in there is those news clips. Yeah. They're just total non sequiturs for the yeah. most part. Like a woman from Arizona gets to is that now arbiter arbiter on taste or whatever? She yeah. decides what's good and bad, what people should wear and who should die. Yeah. <laughs> uh what was the other one? 
Oh, yeah. They sold off Rhode Island. And that's going to become a shopping mall. At yeah. least they didn't sell it to the goddamn Japanese. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's so <laughs> funny. Uh, and then I liked the one where it was like sort of like a Charlie Rose or a, like a, uh, what's his name that used to be on CNN? Oh, my God. Uh, Larry King? Larry King kind of interview with a guy. And then in the middle of it, he's just like, his tooth hurts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, are you all right? Oh, it's my tooth. It's <laughs> 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 just such a non-funny, non-sequitur. You're just like, these are just so odd. Yeah. Um, but they fit in like stylist. They just, they, they paint the whole world. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're laughing. But then you're like, is this stepping back on those new, those news clips? It's like, yeah, it's written absurd, but really, is he? Our real news isn't that far from being that absurd. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> especially now the so, night that we're dying this in 2017. Well, I mean, even back then, yeah, in even, like I 95 mean, or whatever, I feel like news was a little more prim and proper. Now it's almost just a little more outwardly, like, well, I don't know, because I didn't watch the fucking news when I was 11. But, but it is. It's gotten. It's gone from like. It used to be more proper. Yeah. Like, I mean, you go back and look, it's a little more like, it is. It's it's a little more classy. It was like Maury during the day. Or no, what was it? Not Maury. Phil Donahue was a big one. Back yeah, Phil Donahue. <laughs> but even like Cheers. the news kids, like I recently, like I feel like Dan Rathers and stuff were like more like journalists. Do you know what yeah. I mean? There's more journalism to it. Well, and they were it not gives... Sorry, that again? I was going to say, they weren't on TV all the fucking day. They weren't on the team. It, it, like, they <laughs> they had an hour or a half hour. Yeah, they had a half hour. They really had to put something together each night. Now it's like, oh, we're just going to run news 24-7. And now it's like, let's just fill it up. And most of it's filled with just things to grab your attention. It's yeah. all just, what's it's all what can go trending or what what's, yeah. what's the clickbait, whatever. But it's now... None news is garbage at this point. This is a total tangent, but I'm fine. Let's about go this. on it. <laughs> I've talked about this uh, on my own podcast, <laughs> the Media Improv. Check it out. Same network. Okay, All right. great. Uh, I, I was gonna plug you. Come on. <laughs> uh, um, no, but uh, the idea of like we're just talking about the news, but like how different the news that like my conservative friends that voted for Trump, just how different their news must look. Than mine, oh, <laughs> just because, yeah. like, just like, because to watch like the Obamas, like, just to like go through an Obama presidency, where you're like, I actually wasn't worried. Like, I was never worried he was going to go to another country and be like and flub something. And, you yeah. know what I mean? And be like, do something so stupid where it was like, oh shit, Obama just told no. Israel, blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah, I know he actually did. They weren't on great terms for part of that, but at least he was like. But even if you disagreed, even if you disagreed composure. with maybe his point of view, he was like, I'm going to at least be dignified and classy yeah. and like actually have like an air of like respect, even with somebody I disagree with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. he could explain himself. Yeah. Like I never oh, thought he could that totally he totally explain himself. I never thought he was like He's a very articulate reaching. man. Uh, yeah, I agree. But like to see that and then see Trump come in and like this guy who's tweeting like, to all my enemies, happy new year, sad, or whatever the fuck yeah. that was, love, or whatever that was. Or, like, just, like, you don't see the, the, you don't see the difference between, like, this, like, turkey dinner and this, like, pile of shit. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, you I can't. Really, it's like you I, took the turkey dinner, threw it in a bowl, <laughs> but and I mean, just tossed it, shit around, yeah. But anyways, like, I'm just no. going back to, like, we were talking about the news of just, like, 
I sort of did look after the election at like I got into it with conservatives on Twitter and like weird trolls and shit like that. It is completely different. They have a, I don't know. They have an answer for everything. They have an answer for every like three million illegal illegals vote in California. People truly believe that. They believe that, and I've gotten into it with people. They've like given me data on it, and when you open the data, it's like these aren't illegals. These are people who didn't get their change of address right. And also, like, they just get their own facts wrong. Yeah. But they know where to point. Yeah, they know where to point, but they don't want to dig further. But, like, they're convinced. And I also think Trump might be convinced. Like, I don't think that I think Trump Trump is completely convinced. Like, I think he thinks that illegal voting thing in California. today. Yeah, but I think he believes it now. Like, I I used to think he was just spreading the lie, but I think he believes Uh, it. No, I think he does. I think their lies are so, he so believes in every lie that, he spouts and because they said that thing I, today. I saw a thing where a, a news guy on CNN flat out called out like when Spicer got up and said like there are like six. Trump is upset because he believes there will be there is sixteen million like faults or uh, um, uh, what's it um, falsified like votes. Mm-hmm. He's still bitching about the fucking. He thinks that like sixteen million. Voter fraud. Okay. Really? 16 million? Like something, um, a, an atrocious fucking number. Like fucking one. <laughs> and yeah, Somehow. but he's still upset about that. And, but the news is like, yeah, there's been voter fraud in the past, but there's no proof to say that the, like millions of votes were false. It's insane. Yeah. And it is, it's like you believe, he believes the lie now, but yeah. he has people cabinet that are probably feeding him those lies now too. Yeah. It's it's scary as all hell. Like, uh, and yeah, like I I'm really curious to see like how can you look at like look at him and see a guy that's really like a decent person like from that other side because this is a small thing. I've been watching these gifts that show like Obama and the way he treats Michelle. Mm-hmm. Have you seen these? Yeah, and they're so entertaining because you see like a a decent man like. Wait for his wife, you know, guide her, like be with her. When he greets her, he like kisses her hand, yeah. holds her hand, has her close. He might love her, Dave. He might. totally does. <laughs> he loves Michelle and it's great. But then you look at Donald and he like literally yeah. doesn't wait for his wife. Fucking just walks on. Well, she's the Obama's getting up there. She's like early oh 40s now, pal. God. <laughs> Oh, your joke just hurts. Oh. But then it's like he greets her like he like nods at her like. Okay, you're here. Yeah, like, like a fucking again, like uh, just a po- object. Like, yep. Yeah. You're, you're okay. Good. You're here. Where you're supposed to be. And it's just like, don't you see what that? Is? Like, what? What is that? To One you? of our worst actors. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like politicians are they have to put a, put it on a little bit. Trump's just not even trying to act. No. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, my point is, the lens would. Imagine how different that lens is. Yeah, I'm very curious. Where, where they're lens. looking at him like a hero, but it's like a very focused, narrow one. And also, part of that is they're saying, like New York Times and Washington Post, they're being like, "That's the fake news. That's the bullshit. That's where you're getting like these people with like journalistic standards." Like part of their attack is to attack real journalism, which is so and sad because they that's... have standards for it, right? Like, there's rules. It's like if you're testing out a hypothesis as a scientist or something like that. There are certain rules a real journalist has to adhere to. Yeah, but now we're throwing – now we have a 
person in power and the people that follow him that don't believe in those anymore. They're yeah. throwing those rules out for proper journalism. It's That's insane. why I hope we don't bend the other way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't entertain their story enough to, no, to like right. to you're like right. debate it, which is like the whole. You just have thing. to keep. We just have to keep being strong and bringing the evidence to the table. Yeah, and just be like, no, this no, okay. You, I heard you, but here's the evidence. Here's here's the you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's going to be a tough challenge cuz like you said they'll have their little like back and forth and whatever but it's like no, no, here it is. Yeah. Um you got to let it sp- so we have to let that stuff speak for itself sometimes. It scares the hell out of me. Yeah. I'm me terrified too. this world took barely- such a drastic turn in a matter of months. Like well <laughs> cuz Trump was going through it's like come on. No way. No, it's <laughs> everybody did. Everybody did. And I did I'll be honest, like I I wouldn't say I thought he was going to win. I'm like anybody else thought like, oh, this country's not that dumb. And I was, I was worried. I, I mean, but... I think I was worried as much as everybody else but really thought that that it wasn't going to swing that way. The only thing I thought was that Clinton was not the one that was going to like if I didn't. I I voted for her. Obviously, I voted for her too. But I don't think. I don't think. Not even just her. I don't think the Democratic Party really fought that hard enough. Yeah, they didn't fight. They didn't bring the fight. And I'm not saying necessary. I'm not saying that like it should have been anybody. I I did vote for Bernie. But I will say this: from being from the Midwest, the state that she lost, Wisconsin, Uh I know how much my friends that I grew up with hated the last name Clinton. Right. Enough where they. Like best case, people didn't vote for either one, yeah. but the other ones voted with their pro-life shit. Yeah, and they went, which is a huge. But thing, yeah. even in the face of Trump, Clinton was the one that like there's just a little extra sauce on that side of like yeah. a little saucy hate for her for sure. Anyway, and it's just it's like uh, it sucks that 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 blinds you to things that that like are just. Outwardly, like you are saying horrible things. You're just not a decent person. Yeah, <laughs> and you voted in a business who a, ba- a businessman who might be rich himself, but is not a good businessman in some sense. <laughs> he know I mean, he is a good businessman in the sense he knows how to make money off other people. Yeah, but not not pay people. Like, like give me a fucking break if you think that guy's for the people. He knows how to tell you he's for the people. Ugh. It's just there's so much that in that that just is like this is we're in for it. Yeah, and it's gonna we're gonna eat us over here that are gonna are saying it now, but the the sad fact is that even those on the other side are gonna are gonna feel it. Have you ever seen Idiocracy? Uh, I haven't, but I know you're not, a, <laughs> lot have have compare, a lot of people compare a lot of people compare this in the same line thing. Yeah, same line of that. Same line as like true story. Well, I'm saying Schizophilus yeah. true stories. Idiocracy is like more absurd, but now. <laughs> Like a huge plot point of idiocracy is that like they figure out they shouldn't water their food their 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 plants with like Gatorade or something. Yeah, <laughs> but like that's just like what was the thing that I saw today where like oh a national park was uh, the tweeting out tweeting out facts about climate, climate change. change. Like someone's like this is so fucking punk rock. I was like facts are yeah facts should not be <laughs> punk rock. Yeah facts should be agreed on and then like. Like, just the fact that, like, a national park has to be like, hey, the environment's in trouble, and we're like, ooh, ooh I hope he doesn't get in trouble. It's like, think about how fucking crazy that is. Yeah. That's that's not where we That's not where we should, should be. be and all. I'm fine if, like, I, I'll tell you this. I'm fine if we go, if there's a fact put out about climate change, 
and we get in debate about like should we care or not. Mm-hmm. I'm fine if you on the other side of that fact go. I don't really give a shit. I don't want that to be a focus. I want to focus on then stop having kids, <laughs> right? But <laughs> but I'll I'll respect you if that's your fucking point of view. But this to deny the fact. Is where I'm going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we can't even just stand up. Like, just stand like, that's a true thing that's ground. happening. Now, how do you feel, you know? Yikes, man. Yeah, we yeah, got right yeah. into it. Yeah, we really did. Just I'm fine teeming under the, under the surface of every conversation, I feel like. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, that's just, it's going to be. And I think we have, but I, I don't even think it's steaming under what it has to be. I mean, we just watched a movie that sort of was bringing a lot of that stuff to the table. I mean, about communication, like this is where problems arise, man, is because when people aren't communicating, I think too, also this election went and swung that way because we have to, because bipartisanship is bullshit right now. It has been for some time. It's, and I mean, both sides are not listening. They're just fucking, they're just, they're just throwing shit at each other. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, come on. Somebody has to give in and just like shut the fuck up and listen for a minute and then respond instead of just constantly. And we're all guilty of that as humans because it's real hard for me with Trump. I will say that. No, I don't. I'm, I can, I can, real hard with I me can debate a fiscal conservative. I cannot debate Trump because I don't because th- he doesn't listen. Well, so also, like, he doesn't like fucking brown people. That's yeah, a, well, it's a real hard place to start. His vice president doesn't think gays should have pizza. Like, yeah, get the fuck out of here! I don't have time. I agree. To, I don't have like you don't well, deserve my respect. Right? You're you're when you start like a coming from that where you're just a place of hate, and um, I don't know. We're we're getting into it, but like, which is good. We should. Um, with when that uh, alt right Nazi guy got punched, and everybody's like, "Oh, violence isn't good." Warren Ellis. This is a gr- he's a great like. Uh, uh, comic book writer. He mm-hmm. has it. Somebody posted something. His like a response to that. If you haven't read it, find it. I'm gonna butcher it right now. But so read it. But he pretty much just does this, this very elegant post about how like no like you yeah you're gonna get punched because you your your point of view immediately is about elimination. It's about genocide. Yeah. Therefore, sorry. You're going to get punched. Yeah. You didn't, you lost your right to not get punched. Yeah. And it's, he, he says it better than, than I'm like trying yeah. to sum up, but you're like, yeah, you're like, I, that makes total sense. You yeah. are coming from, you're not coming from a place of like, oh, I need free speech. You're like, you're coming from a place of, you literally are talking about eliminating a race of people. You know, I actually, like, that was when a friend of ours posted that. And I was like, ooh, I like voice something like, they, the Nazis are. He said something like the Nazis are like endangered or something like that, or, or they'll be weakened because of this. And I was like, or my argument was just like, or emboldened. And like, I'm not saying the guy didn't deserve to get punched for sure. I would never punched him because I'm a I, pussy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very <laughs> not a puncher. But like, I just mean like, pa- like passing that stuff around. I was a little bit like, man, you know how that's going to be looked at. Like that that same clip is going to be passed around and be like, this is the reason the, why the we people need to the stand all up. lives what matter crowd and all that shit and like it's going to embolden them. But then again, part of me again thinks like I I thought I thought about it more, and I was just like. Yeah, kind of fuck that guy. Like, yeah, get punched. Like, I came, I came all the way. I went all the way. Like, oh no, that's not good to pass that around. And then I was like, yeah, but also a little hip. I'm like, Hitler. you know what? You, you, you are flat out spreading hate and You're ignorance. Not, and yeah, and ignorance. And 
you're 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 closed off to it, it's something that I'm not I, I don't think deserves tolerance. Yeah. No. Because it's not like you know, I don't I, I can't I can't see the the side of like oh well, you know, he's talking about we should listen to this guy talk about killing half our city. <laughs> Like, yeah. Let's get up and look. let's hear what he says, guys. He like <laughs> we, I know we, I know that I know the majority here wants to live, but let's get up and let's let this guy hear. Let's give him a little time. Tell yeah. us why we should half of us should die. <laughs> like, give me a break. Yeah. My only wariness was the response of his side to our side's For like sh- jubilee. Yes. For sure. Like, we can't I, we have no control over that. Um But then again, maybe we need a little bit more of that. I don't know. People are gonna get punched. <laughs> people, uh, I think we're. I think maybe not physically, but people are going to get punched. Yeah, it's a time of like, I mean, the women's march showed that that like that is a punch back. That's yeah. what we have to do. We and have to Trump show up in those back. numbers. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Although I was like, we, I was listening to a news report today. Again, it was Democracy Now. So that's me and my lefty. That's news. fine. That's but what also you, Democracy Now. <laughs> they get to the core of it. Like even if like That's good. Not a lot of opinion from the actual journalists. They will interview people who will spout opinions. Anyways. But one thing they were they were asking is like this thing where Trump put a gag order or like you can't we can't give funds to anybody who does anything in the area of abortion. Yeah. They can't even say that they might Offer that to somebody who needs help. Those are people that like fight Zika and AIDS and shit like that. So people are gonna die if like we don't fund, you know, continue to fund these yeah. programs. It uh, do, it's not just like, they just put abortion over it, but then it defunds a tons of other things. Yeah, but that came two days after the women's march. And yeah, like they were like hypothesizing like, do you think it's because could it is it possible that Trump was so butthurt about the women's march that like this was just like a childish jab back his could be or i think they already i think the people around like michael pence have already had that in mind yeah probably they already had and, and women's the, march only two gave, days after women's, women's march. march only gave them more weight to be like see trump you should do this and pull his fucking strings but shouldn't it be the opposite in a democracy like shouldn't if like it should be 100 if, 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 if three times the people go out for Peaceful march to saying they are for reproductive rights and stuff like that. Are you going to answer that two days later with like a... Because Trump doesn't see it as... I honestly can say I Trump does not see it as a democracy. He's, yeah. Here's the thing. Every, and this is one of the things that really scares me. A lot of people voted for Trump because they said, we want jobs and we're worried about like, where, 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 where's mine? I'm hearing all this. And uh, Michael Moore apparently had like something about this. So like, this is why people are voting for Trump because they're like, well, I have no job. Why should I care about these other people's lives? I need jobs. So they're coming from this side. So in their mind, they're like, these people aren't running our country, right? You know what would work? We need a businessman. We look at Trump. We go, oh, he's a businessman. Okay. Mm. So they vote for him then what do you get with a businessman you don't get anybody that gives a shit about the people below you just get yeah. a businessman yeah. he's making the moves no businessman that's in those those seats of rich have ever given a fuck about their employees mm-hmm. they'll cut you if as an employee if it, that means they say they can keep more money yeah that's the thing is they're lying it's like you got duped from fucking day one if you thought that businessman give a shit about anybody and the taxes are what pay for the shit. Like that's the ultimate. Yes. That's the ultimate like catch is like when Carrier 
he saves those jobs. And meanwhile, the government like <laughs> gives Carrier more money. They still send a ton of jobs to Mexico. It's like basically set a precedent where a company can be like, we're going to move our jobs. And like, no, 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 don't. Here's a bunch of money. <laughs> and like, okay, we'll yeah. just move some of your jobs. Yeah, we'll we'll save <laughs> 9000 And then we get paid out that way through what? Tax dollars. So everyone's fucked. <laughs> like, yeah. Except for the people using the tax dollars to like fatten their pockets, which is. Which is disgusting. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit. It's so deeply entrenched, though. Yeah. Do you do you honestly think that they, like, they might have used again? I think they pulled Trump's little like childish mind to get him to be like, well, yeah, I don't like that Obama did that with the uh, pipeline. So yeah, of course I'm gonna. But then they're like, great, this is money in our pocket if we make a deal with these people. Yeah, I don't think that was even it. I'm glad Obama put a stop to that, but I I didn't think it was even a question that Trump wasn't gonna open that right Uh, back up. Yeah, no shit. Uh, He's a businessman. He saw the money. He knows. The, he he saw green, dude. Can we go? Can we relate this to the movie? Yeah. How can we relate this back? I mean, we did go on a little ta- tangent, yeah. but that's okay. That's what's hot. Like that's what's going on right now. Like it's like there's going to be plenty more movies coming forward that are going to awaken more about this, and I hope so. Well, As the, they say, during these times, great art gets made. So let's bring it. Uh, but I'm bring, trying. <laughs> hey, me too. Me too. Um, I'm fucking. I wish I was doing better at it, but, but like, if we bring it back to the movie, I, I, mean, gotta, I know how we can go, do it. please. Well, there's a, the, the, the whole time he's trying to write the speech, right? Yeah. And his direction was like, uh, I want it to say, have a definitive push, but no specifics, <laughs> right? Like I want it to, uh, be inspirational, but say nothing at all. Uh, I want people to remember the idea, but nothing that happened. Like uh, it, it's basically just bullshit. Yeah. This is basically describing like I oh, want people to be moved but not understand. The immediate it. connection I'm having right now is uh Trump's inauguration speech. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was all nonsense. All nonsense. So that's exactly what this guy is talking about. The only nice thing about that speech, I was as I was reading, it was like, well, I don't believe any of this to be true. Right. But at least his rhetoric was a little nicer throughout like than usual. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he did say that if you have patriotism, you can't have prejudice, which is uh <laughs> Prejudice. <laughs> yeah. Like, You're prejudicing. If, if I have something wrong, if, if I think something's wrong with the nation, I'm, you immediately call me not, I don't have like patriotism. You're an idiot. But also like that nationalism is what like put, turns a blind eye to prejudice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's like the cause of it. So that's, yeah. that's alarming. Yeah, very um, alarming. But uh, I, I think you're right because that uh, this is a great thing that, and what I love about it, even to go further with that, is that that speech is for to is leading into this guru that we've seen throughout the whole thing. That's who's giving like this this book called Eventualism, which is a great title for like those. Um, it kind of looked like the cover of Scientology. Did you th- think? That? I thought so. Yeah, I was like, oh, that looks like a, what's the. Dianetics. Dianetics. Look, I didn't notice that the first time I watched the movie, but I also didn't know what Scientology was really when I first yeah, watched it. Yeah, I, I think for sure. Yeah, for sure, it's right? It's eventualism. Eventualism, mm-hmm. and it's like very funny. But then what I loved about it is that for the longest time through the movie, we're just seeing the, the guru speak. And you kind of see here his language. You're like, oh, I've heard this language, this kind of language that like inspires you to be like, yeah, I can be better. And mm-hmm. things are going to be all right. Then when you first, then you finally meet the guy behind the book, like without him talking, not his words from the book, and he's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> like, like people being like, "You changed my life," and he's like, 
great. He Fantastic. wasn't even paying attention. He was he was more interested in the water he was drinking than the person that was like, "You changed my life." <laughs> yeah, cell phones hadn't been invented then. <laughs> yeah, so. that or would have definitely iPhones. been a cell phone. Scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it's even more meaningful that he's more interested in water than the person that's like bl- trying to like. Share their heart with them. Yeah. <laughs> Have an totally. actual connection. But also, like, everything that he was saying was written by someone else that he hired, who's hired someone else, yes. who hired someone else, and it was just some drab office where they were, like, churning the shit out. Yeah, this right? This guy's jerking off in his office all day writing inspir- inspirational messages. Yeah. Um, uh, and I loved, I just loved that touch that, like, and it really made me think of, like, all, even, like, like, that while we were watching made me think of this because like I've read a couple of books that like are nice, those, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a fucking achievement! Thanks, Josh. <laughs> but I meant like a couple of like self help books like that oh, are yeah, known sure. in that genre. Like I've read a Brennan Brown book. I've read uh, the what Eckhart Tolle, and when I read them, I get I get a lot out of it. What did Eckhart Tolle write? Uh, the I Power that- of Now. Okay. The one that Oprah was, was big on and stuff. <laughs> I thought that dude was like a like a John Grisham type. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious if he was. Um, but like, I did yeah. Alan Watts. In case you're wondering, Alan Watts. Yeah. Okay. But what made me realize while watching this was like not so much like throw those books out or like oh fuck those books, but it made me go, you got to remind yourself the person that's writing this. It's as big of an asshole as you because he's a human because they're human. They have their own shit. They have their bad days. They have their mean days. Somebody doesn't like this person. Mm -hmm. Even though they they did sit down and they did the work to get these nice words out that inspire you and do help you to get maybe to your next point in life and have a breakthrough – yeah, they're probably just like you in the end. They probably have. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think some of them have good habits and stuff. You know, I, I wanted to bring up Tony Robbins. Yeah, you did. Because uh, uh, I watched that documentary. Yeah, and I, I saw seen people it, but... online being like, wow, I'm in tears from watching this Tony Robbins documentary. And I think I just grew up too entrenched in the church to be like, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not saying that guy can't help people, but I so see his fucking formula which is like it feels like church except for guess what he's gonna drop a fuck on you once in a while get your fucking life together be a fucking man say all that kind of stuff and like you're like whoa well this isn't church he's swearing like and he's really must mean what he's saying but it's like this weird like you buy in like it's church and you like but he seems like a real guy meanwhile i forget the exact number but like they follow him on like one of his little conferences or whatever i this I think this is right. It might be wrong, but it's not off by much. I think it costs like five or ten grand to go to his week long seminar. Oh, and it's like, and it's like, oh, I just want to help people. It's like, yeah, people who have five or ten grand, like, yeah, <laughs> like, give me a break. That's like, tra- have you ever looked into transcendental meditation? Yeah, I have. I, I looked into that. I was very curious and like, maybe this is what I need. And then I lost all the price and I was like, no. No. If it's, if like to me, that immediately turns me off a lot because I'm like, you claim to be like, this thing will help you. This thing will change your life. Then I'm like, why are you giving it away for fucking free? Yeah. Well, someone needs to get paid. But there's a part of me that goes, if this is such a human thing that yeah. we need and you're trying to spread that message. As soon as you put a price tag on it, I go, nah, there's something else. Something else is up. <laughs> you know what I heard they give you in transcendental meditation? It's just a little word. 
Because like your word is yeah, it's called a uh, a chakra, no, no, no. Uh, not a chakra. Um, pow wow, pow wow, <laughs> just something to get you out of here. It's called what is the? I'm word being called? so condescending. Yeah, you are. I, and it could work for people. I just that that price always gets me. I mean, what you just said about like their little catches. I'm in acting classes and I love acting, mm-hmm. but I'm noticing those trends too in acting classes. Where yeah. I'm like. Or UCB. Yeah, everything. <laughs> everything that needs you to continue to come back. Yeah. There are little hooks and stuff. And that, and like and there might be this might be me being cynical, but there's a lot of times where I go like there's gotta be a way I can really get to a point where they just do this on my own. Yeah. And then help other people without a price. I'm not saying I can live off of it, but like I don't know. It's like it's like literally like if Christ, we're gonna, I'm gonna bring it into that. I'm gonna bring him into this. Cool. Like if he started charging, like you read like his <laughs> stories of like how he would just give random sermons, and it's like that's always nice. <laughs> well, he didn't need much of a, of a retirement, an IRA or whatever. But now we're to a, <laughs> He's like, yeah, dead but at that, 33. But like you think about it, now we're to a point where like we have these huge organized religions that claim to be that like we're now have our sermons they're called sacrament come and will you can be guided like yeah. christ did but they want but now they need they demand like we got to have tax breaks all this tax breaks they get the break yeah they, they don't get have a break taxes. exactly like and it's like eh, <laughs> they got the biggest tax break I've ever what, heard but of. if you really are just about sharing this message you shouldn't have to have four walls can you imagine you didn't get Taxes? Sorry, I'm, I'm like hung up on that no, for a second. No, that's fine. I'm gonna mess up too, and then got you going. <laughs> no. no, I think you're right. Like, if, if you I didn't, didn't have to pay to... any taxes, you're like, and then you got offerings. People just came in, <laughs> gave you offerings. You're like, well, that's all mine. <laughs> I don't even have to pay taxes on this you building. Know how unstressed, I would be every like th- how much stress would be relieved <laughs> off of my shoulders. Yeah, I get to keep my fucking money. This is how you become a Republican, by the way. You start worrying about your money. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's. But I mean, I know I got off on an idealistic tangent too about like no. things should things should be free. But I do think there's some things of like actually well being of like something like meditation because I go to a meditation center when I can go and it's by donation only. Yeah. And I'm like, that's like I would like to be in a position where I'm rich and I can just throw fucking money every time in that bowl. Yeah. But I do like the message of like this isn't this. We're not saying you have to pay. We do need your help to keep this going, but at the same time, I'm like, they're not like fucking. Is that the place on Franklin? Uh, no, I go to uh, Against the Stream. Oh, okay. L.A. There's two. There's one in Santa Monica and one in Melrose. I found out about it because I heard Drew Defonso Marks talk about it oh, on another podcast, and it's really helped me just kind of like realize what that is for me. You know what I mean? But they're also like their message is more like, hey. You're going to do this and then you'll find what works. You'll find this thing. This thing should work for you and how it works for you rather than here's the hook. You do this. We'll take you. We'll take you there. You know yeah. what I mean? And those are the, that, that, that's the danger of anything, I think, is that. Yeah. And that's what sort of this Skitopolis is sort of – I just keep messing that up. But it's sort of getting at it's like – with that that storyline in there is that like that guru is yeah he's helping people he's a total asshole a then he, and then I love the moment where he's in bed with his his like injury from being shot he's a total asshole the guy that works with him and then they go like turn on turn on the video of me getting like the assassination attempt put in the tape it's the wrong tape it's the tape of his wife who we saw earlier having <laughs> having an affair with Elmo yeah the, the pest control guy and <laughs> like, what is this what is this 
it looks like somebody about to has like about to fuck your wife. And he's like, I wonder what that would be like. <laughs> I loved that line. Like he's yeah. so in himself that he doesn't even know he's married, but doesn't even know how it feels to have, have to fuck his own wife. That's insane. No one does in the movie. Yeah, no one does. Everybody else, all their wives are fucking somebody else, and it's not because and it's not because their wives are standoffish. Literally, our first character is like, "Yeah, I don't want it," and then masturbates. Yeah, you're just like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. That's also his real ex-wife. Yeah, Steven so you were saying Steven Soderbergh. But at the time, it was his real ex-wife, or they are like. Were they married during the filming of this? Do you know? I don't know. You'd have to ask the editor of the Wikipedia page. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Do you have I a phone number? Do you have Wiki's yeah, I phone in number? There. I could become the editor. <laughs> <laughs> Just make it true. There you go. Um. Anyway. Yeah. I. I mean. I thought this movie was really interesting. I really liked the. I really liked the. The cool moment where you saw him. Do sort of like I'm going to call it a quantum leap kind of thing, where they would see another character and and jump into it. Mm-hmm. Like it was odd. Not what I liked that it wasn't explained, but like when we first saw Soderbergh's character, see the other guy that looked like him, and you're like, what? What is this? But then he just slowly like tra- you could see him like almost imagining being him, and then they became them. I thought that was a cool little tool to translate. Like, okay, now we're in this, and then the wife did it eventually after. She did it briefly with the other woman. Then she went up back. She ended up going back. Might not have traced all that. What I thought it was was just like all these guys were like different versions of him. It's like the guy that her wife, his wife was having an affair with was like the dentist version of him. And then I mean, once could, he breaks her heart, that then way, there's totally. the French speaking guy. Yeah. I mean, I could totally, I mean, you, I think you're right. You could just see it as just desperate moments of like what we want from people, what we desire people to be. Yeah. Totally. I can totally see that. And who is the one, the one, wait, are you talking about attractive woman number two? That wasn't the wife. No, that wasn't the wife. Was we never one. really followed her. That was her character's name, by the way. Yeah. Attractive woman number two. That wasn't me just being incredibly. No. Yeah, that's not you being <laughs> a man. Um, that is the character's name. But I that's... like how like the married people can't, are just like, yeah, uh, knowing, knowing grunt, like, like speaking in these yeah. vague uh, things. And then. The guy's letter to the woman he had a crush on was so dumb and honest. It was yeah. like, it was just like, I want you to stand over me and shake. Yeah. Or I lay on top of you and shake or whatever he said. Yeah. But it was just like all the worst things you would ever say to someone you had a crush on. Yeah. <laughs> like, just stand over me like, and shake. Like, I would love that. <laughs> Your lips remind me of the, the French person I want to fuck so bad. Like, <laughs> there was some really funny just stuff in He gets in, in trouble. He gets a sexual or he gets sued for sexual harassment. <laughs> I mean, rightfully so. And I love that moment because they had the all the most... lawyers repeating his language. Yeah. Like, the, the verbatim was so funny. But it's also, like, the most honest thing in the whole movie, maybe. It is, like, <laughs> it's, like, your most honest thing gets you in trouble. Yeah. It's, like, well, of course we're going to fucking not say what we want to say. It's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> Which is a fear. I think that's a vulnerability. I think it's a great commentary and sort of on vulnerability in our society. Yeah. we. Sh- I mean, we shame vulnerability a lot of times. Yeah. And I think that's a bad thing. Have you seen Swiss Army Man? Um, I have not. I just watched that. Did you like it? Loved it. Loved it. Again, I like these weird little absurd. I've heard like, good things. Little... I've heard. I've heard both sides. People talk about how they liked, disliked it, and how other people have loved it. it I just need to my see advice it. to anyone who disliked that movie would be to not value ninety minutes so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you can't. You just gotta like let <laughs> it go. Like, 
Like, I can't, if you're like, oh, what the hell? I hated that movie. It's like, it was 90 minutes. It was weird. Yeah. You more unique than most stuff you'd see. I don't know. I, I hardly leave a movie. I hardly ever leave a movie angry unless I'm just like, what a, what an absolute waste of time. Or not a waste of time, but like that actually I didn't even like what they were trying to say. That's that's right. maybe when I'll hate a movie. But most of the time, like La La Land, I was like, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't see that one. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, I think if I'm just like, I don't think you did your thing clear. I'm like, what the fuck? But, but, if, like, but if you do your thing clear, but I maybe just like, eh, not for me. I'll be like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Cool. Great. Well done. Well done, Lego movie. Cool. Yeah. I was like, this was perfect. Just not just didn't hit me like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I don't like superhero movies. Yeah. See, I'm a huge superhero man, but I'm Mr. Lover like going, huh, I want to be Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like su- superhero movies that much because of one. You literally are answering my question right now that I have, we're going to get to is like, is there, this is what I've been asking. My guess is I watch anything once. Uh-huh. Is there a movie that Josh, you avoid or or tr- not really just don't go out of your way to see. And it sounds like it's superhero It's movies. like these, yeah. Like even Rogue One. I didn't see that. I don't have any desire. Is it, is it I action in general or just those big like no, I love those action big movies. set pieces? I love action movies. Like okay. The Raid Redemption is one of my favorite movies. Have you ever seen that? No, I heard it's great. I was That would be another one of my short lists. We'll bring you back. There's Calm two down. of them. Uh, <laughs> there's, <laughs> by the way, I'm not drinking. <laughs> and... Boy, do I have time to watch movies. <laughs> Great. Like, I'm just saying. You can I, take in more right now. But I mean, like, uh, like I've been, that's been the, one of the weirder parts about not drinking is like, I've been like so fucking bored. I'm just like, I'm just watching everything. Anyway. Well, let's uh, go. the I'll kind of movie out, I don't we'll play Coob. Like is like what do you say? I'll, I'll I'll take you out to the park one day and we'll great. play Coob. It's a great <laughs> it's a great Norwegian game. Is it the king one or the the you throw like pegs at other pieces of wood? To yeah, knock them yeah, down. yeah. It's one Does of my Farley favorite. Play it. Uh huh. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm the one who got him into that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but I would say probably like Marvel ones. Like I never saw Captain America: Civil War. Maybe it's great. Maybe there's things I liked. But like one summer I saw superhero movies. I like dark. I liked the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight Rises. I liked the Dark Knight just because it was the performances were awesome. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. Uh, of that. And the sequences were great. I mean, I'm not saying I hate those movies, but like I lose track of them real quick. Like I don't. Like, like did you see Iron Man four or like uh, what the fuck? See, this is how bad yeah, I am at it. But like, I don't even remember. I lose track of what movies are coming out, and I'm like, no, I didn't because I don't. What? Like I don't. Right. I just I did. A lot of them are very similar, or at least in theme, or like none of them blow my mind. Like right. they can be enjoyable to watch at the time. I would rather sit down, and this will be a pretentious thing to say, but I'd rather watch something that's interesting, like or like that is has a new take, or For like sure. or like a new story, <laughs> or like. There's nothing. Did you see the that. lobster? I loved the lobster. Was my I, I was on my top. Uh, I was in my top five. I think it was number three. Yeah, but I think lobster's great movie. I loved lobster. And a lot of people came out of it like saying they were depressed, and I was like, I didn't find anything depressing. This is just just one guy's point of view on this. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I found it a very fascinating point of view. Yeah. He thinks love is a fucking major sacrifice. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, that's an interesting point of view. And yeah. sometimes it can feel that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, it is. <laughs> so it's like, but I, I, I think a lot of people go like, come out of that and go like, oh god, that's right. And I'm like, why? Just one great one exploration. Yeah. Like you said. It's like, exactly. It's just it's not definitive. Yeah. I like things that kind of – well, I like things. But I, I do like – I've been into science fiction lately. 
Yeah, so uh, I, we talked earlier. You started reading Dune, one of my favorite books of all time. Yeah. I'm excited to do that. Oh, I read the please. Foundation Trilogy and all that stuff. What's the Foundation recently? Trilogy? It's, when I, uh, it's Asimov's. Uh, oh, like I've never read that. Big, big. Robots? There's, there's more than three now, but there's like th- Foundation, Second Foundation, and I forget what the other one's called. Foundation? Uh, to check them out. Um I would like you to check in with me while, as you read Dune. I just want to yeah. hear your thoughts because I'm just a huge fan of the Dune world. But the thing I like about those kind of stories are even like it's a concept and it's stripped apart. Or like it's like how would this happen? It's like even Dr. Strangelove is like how would the end of the world happen? <laughs> well, yeah. it would have to be like these types of things and then they weave like humor yes. into it. But mm-hmm. I like that's – even Black Mirror oftentimes starts with like an idea. Yeah. And then just, they like put it in a human el- story and like yeah. – I don't know. I think that's the great thing. Good – Great sci-fi is like it's like I mean they call it Black Mirror because it's a reflection of our real world and and your phone yeah and did you know that or no oh yeah that makes sense that's, be, this. that's the Black Mirror yeah. I can see myself um but it is just saying we're just turning we're turning it on us mm-hmm. and saying this is a because all great sci-fi literally is just like taking one aspect of our real world and going what if. Yeah, and exactly. I, that's what's great sci-fi. That's what I'm, improv is too. Not to get too nerdy on it. I no, don't know what you're about, but yeah. like, if this is true, what else is true? What if? Yeah, exactly. What if this fucking thing was real? I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of great scenes that are like just taking a premise out of our real world and just blowing it up to a comedic conceit. Not like, oh, we need a new justification. It's just like this happens in our real world. What? What if it went further? Yeah, and that's the funny part about it. I also find that so satisfying to watch because you never know how it's gonna go. Especially with something like Black Mirror, I feel like sci-fi will disappoint you from time to time. Not, I mean, like the person looking for a happy ending or whatever. Yeah, because you have to sort of follow the logic. Anyway, the answer is superhero movies. I hear you, and also like well, me and you, I'll never take you one because I love them. I've been watching Captain ever since Captain America: Civil War has been on Netflix. I've watched it too many times. How many? It's I lost count. Really? Because because I just put it on play while I work. I love it. And the thing is, I'm a big comic book guy. Yeah. And to me, it's amazing that that, that the Russo brothers were able – for me personally, I think he, they balanced all the characters so well. Uh-huh. Where I'm like, okay, I can follow each th- – I can follow the main thread plus I got everybody else's point of view. And Is it basically the Avengers it's split an, into? Yeah. It's, they just have a conflict that – Breaks them up. So I'll probably watch that. I, I mean, it's all free on Netflix. Fucking yeah. waste some time. <laughs> You're bored. Then he- uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm like, I don't know. It they they entertain me. There's they're fun for me. They're I say easy, but people take that as like yeah, they're easy, like in a bad way. I'm like I don't think that's why. I don't see it as a negative thing. I see it as like they know. Like I'm watching right now the Avengers, the first one that Josh and I'm watching it with his commentary, and I really like because he's like. He knows what kind of movie he's making. He's like, he's talking about building the Hulk with Mark Ruffalo. And he's like, yeah, there's a bit of comic. Like, this, the way that he's structured is, we got to get a little more comic book with it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, what do we want? Yeah. There's going to be aspects of this that seem to live in our world. But then there's aspects that are like, oh, what if that, now it's just like, what if that existed in our world? Not, it needs to. Yeah. Um, I got something for you. Yeah. Uh, here's a fun game to play and also sort of depressing Please. depending on oh, your height. Here we go. Go get some friends together. You're hanging out. A bunch of friends. Three is enough. Two is enough. And go from 2016 all the way to whenever you want to 
and try to guess, look it up on your phone, like top grossing movies of each year. I think I've played this once before. And uh, you just try to guess which movies are on the list and see how many you can get each year. It is like... <laughs> there are some that are... I've done this... I, this might have done this with you, maybe, or somebody, or maybe Jabor. Maybe, yeah. I don't because know. Because I, I feel like I've done it, and you kind of like... One year, I think we did, we were like, oh, fuck. It's Spider-Man like, 3. You're basically just guessing, yeah, like Spider-Man 3, you're like... You're like Kung Fu Panda 2? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Is that when that one came out? Just judging that the other one came out two years later? Right. But, like, that's a that's a depressing, uh, it can be a depressing game. Yeah, it can. Or you just gotta be like, that's what those are, and then, but you have to have those, or we don't have things like Moonlight. We don't have things like Lobster. Yeah. Without those. It's the you yin. Could. It's that, <laughs> right? I don't think so, because that was all we, if all we had, then it would be the reverse. We'd be like, well, where's that thing that just, like... Where I don't have to think so hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's just our society is weirdly not that built that way. Yeah. But it's part of the system, baby. It's part of the system, you know? <laughs> you gotta, they're not gonna give us all that, th- those think pieces because they wanna keep us fucking as ants. They wanna just fucking, they wanna keep us fucking just walking our way, paying our bills, not asking any questions. <laughs> and the way they will give it to you. Netflix. You sit your ass on the couch. There you go. There <laughs> you go. You watch that shit. Take that Netflix. At- <laughs> uh, well, all right. I think we've <laughs> we covered a lot of stuff there. We covered a lot of stuff. That's um, well, Skizopolis fucking wo- awoken it, and we got to talk about it. Uh, I thank you, Josh, for um, introducing me to two films. Yeah. If you want more from Josh Simpson, you can follow him on Twitter at Mr. Josh Simpson. Also, check out his improv podcast, The Meat Improv. It is quite possibly the best improv show in the universe. And that's right here on the Boardwalk Audio Network. The Meat Improv. You can also see him doing live improv every other Thursday in Los Angeles at the Clubhouse at the show shapeshift improv that he co-hosts and also creates new improv forms it's a great show definitely check it out and it's free and check out his hilarious videos online jesus quoting kanye and jesus quoting trump i'll leave links for you guys so you can quickly find those and enjoy them you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Snapchat, and Instagram with the handle at IWWAO. As well as if you have movies you want me to watch or discuss on the podcast, you can email me at IWillWatchAnythingOnce at gmail.com or just send a direct message to any of those social media outlets or just directly hit me up. That's fine, too. I'd love to hear from the listeners. And please go on to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. That will bring more listeners to the podcast and I thank you again for listening and remember if you haven't seen it once you can't complain cool should I plug my things or do I I plug it later oh okay just make sure. <laughs> Go ahead. I want you to finish that sentence. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe mention that Kitty Cat Williams is on the season two of the UCB show, huh? It's episode one? I don't know. This has been a Boardwalk Audio Network podcast.
and a BoardWalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardWalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.